Well, welcome to 2022 podcast. Hello. Um, it all feels a little bit different for us. It feels different mm-hmm. because we're doing it on a Sunday night. Yeah, so I usually say good morning, yeah, and do, right now I want to say good evening, but I don't... Well, good night, actually. I think you probably want to say good night. <laughs> <laughs> Go um, to bed. It's one of those, um, one of the days. So I guess the question is, why have we moved it? Well, yes, well, I'm now working full-time yes. as a teaching assistant. Um, so, so I don't have you on, we don't have you around no, as much. So it's um, just me in the house. Yes, it's just, just you. So everyone's gone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just left. After years of feeling like everybody else went off and did their own thing, and I was the one who yeah. was left. Um, I'm now not the one who's left. I'm one who's doing the leaving, which is quite exciting. <laughs> it's, it's very from I think where we've nearly been here eight years. I think in all that time, I probably had a couple of days where I, no one was in the house, mm. and I was in the house by myself. To suddenly having many days, although not next week because. Sam has COVID. Sam has COVID. Um, and he's the only one who didn't get it last time. And now we've been blessed with him having it. Yeah. Yeah. So he's at home. It just... Uh, it's I not ending, it is it? It feels like it should home. end. I was already this week having a rant about how over COVID I was, how fed up, how sick <laughs> to the nines I was of COVID. And then Sam... Um, is told he's in close contact, mm. and then the lateral flow quickly tells us that um, he is infected, which is another seven days of isolation looking after a poorly boy, yeah. um, which is a, is a frustration. And I don't think we're the only ones to come to the new year just like, oh my goodness, really, do we have to keep going on with this? And I think we're at that. And I, it's hard. We had conversations at Christmas with family, and people are very different mm. approaches to dealing with this. Some are very serious and stern and some are a bit flippant uh, along the way and I I guess in life I generally like to find myself in the middle ground somewhere um, but I'm probably more more leaning towards the flippant come on we just need to get on with it yeah you've you've expressed some negativity which you try not to be I do, I do overly negative, negative I, I? I tend to be negative and rant about things and you <laughs> tend to try and hold um, a positive thought yeah. Um, it would be interesting, actually, if, if people want to tell us how they're feeling mm. about COVID. I think, um, you know, if you need to rant, if you need to get things yeah. off your chest, or, or on the other hand, if you're actually, you feel have you have some positive stories, mm. you know, maybe, you know, however you're feeling, if, if you just want to express how you're feeling about COVID and... You know, this was dumped on us nearly two mm. years ago, and we're still trying to make what we can of it. Um, and at times it feels, you know, seriously unfair. And ranting is an important element to our lives, isn't it? Not mm. everyone's life, but there is that sense of, yeah, it's hard if you keep going on and on about it, then people get chewed off. But I think we're probably more inclined to squash it down and just get on. And I think. The legitimate kind of just frustration and anger and disappointment and lament and well, I think that stuff any, comes any out. therapist will tell yeah. you. Um, Don't squash it down. Just just squashing things down doesn't tend no. to do um, do very well. It doesn't work for any a healthy person. Um, that ranting is actually as a healthy hmm. healthy thing. So feel free if if you need to have a, a rant. A rant, then please email us or. Catch us can in you the rant in an email? I guess you can. It's not. Well, quite I've the same. certainly <laughs> ranted in an email before. 
<laughs> feel free to do an email rant or an in-person rant um grab us after church next week and have a rant um hopefully not about us to yeah us. that wouldn't be great would it but um, certainly a, a rant um or if you can't find yeah that's it i think uh, if you don't have anyone to yeah offload to it's important that you find people to offload to sure um so we come into the new year um and we come past christmas and we've um survived christmas in our family we didn't have covid in the family and then we went up north yeah we had a really nice time actually we had a a blessed time i think the the highlight for me was new year's day seeing sam stripped down taking his shirt and his jumper off and swimming in the sea yeah, absolutely. Well, getting dragged. Yeah, into I mean, this, it wasn't surf, wasn't really. particularly cold even in Newcastle, um, South Shields Beach actually, and he just went for it. He just he was determined. He was getting in the water, and then surprised himself by just how much he got in the water <laughs> and for how long. Um, and we have photos to prove it. We do. He's yeah. very often you put him near the sea and he's in it. Um, that's been a trait of Sam for many many years. And I love it, and it just brings me back to my own childhood. <laughs> and there's a part of me kind of wants to jump on in with him, and the, the grown-up in me New holds Year's me back. Day in the UK in South Shields. Yeah, that's the first. I mean, that's you know to be in it and not turn blue because he didn't turn blue. It was a bit no, pink, he's all right. But, um, he wasn't blue. Um, and then that's us back here, um, back into um, family life, into church life. Um, bit stinted today because um, I was all geared up to being in church. Uh, and then I'm just staring at my laptop, which I'm sick of. Another rant. I'm just sick of it. Yeah, go for be, it. Did not want to be sitting in front of my laptop. I wanted to engage with the church on Sunday morning. And I felt like yeah. I just recorded a lecture um, and put it on video. And then people listened to it because there's no interaction. And this passage, yeah, we've just had a, a brief chat. And it is a confusing passage. But I think there's some really yeah applicable things um that what jesus is highlighting is the same as our own culture um in a lot of ways and you've had a bit of a rant about um, i've had a rant about the passage yeah, i find this everything. It's, um, incredibly frustrating passage just and um, it is it is a confusing passage and i think you're right it, so one of the things you said earlier there's wordplay going on here and and wordplay in uh in greek and hebrew yep. <laughs> that i don't think we pick up on um but my summary and i don't know if this is um if this is good enough is jesus in so we're reading john 5 um 31 to um 47 i won't read it all out but in effect i think jesus is saying your system is broken it's rubbish um you will not hear god if you keep doing the way you're doing it however in your system John the Baptist should be enough, but he's not. Your system's broke, mm. um, and it's broke, uh, and it can't be repaired. Uh, and you'll never hear f- you'll never hear what God is doing or see what God is doing because of this kind of internal monologue that they all have with each other. You mm. know? So they all confirm each other. They're all in the same bubble. They all go round, and there's no way of God breaking into it. And Jesus is there standing, look, it's all rubbish. It's all junk. You're not going to see. And he's talking to the Pharisees at this point. Yeah, and yes. And and I guess John, the author, you know, is trying to say, um, trying to pick up on the point they were never going to listen to him anyway. You know, it's not Mm. that, you know, or maybe, you know, but they just weren't. Jesus just wasn't doing the right thing. It really annoyed everyone on the Sabbath. I'm sure he annoyed everyone in the temple. Um, and they were never going to get it. It was, you mm. know, and there's Jesus standing there in front of very powerful, learned people and saying, 
you don't know God. You, you're not going to see God. Um, you're not going to get it. And, you know, they ultimately don't. And I think what I tried to get through this morning is that we can be very similar to that in our own life. We're so insular, so circular in our thinking uh, and in what we, um, what we understand, what we think. You know, it's very easy for us to come into a situation where we're, we find it hard to question ourselves mm. and question what we believe. But it is a confusing passage. And I think maybe and it's it also It is a rant. I yeah, mean, this is, this is very definitely... Yeah. A rant. This is, he has been accused. There are things have been said yeah. to or about Jesus. And and he's saying there is no point in me defending myself to you yeah. people. Because it's because it, it does it with earlier in the, the turning of the temple and then this thing with Nicodemus. So there's a big incident and there's a conversation afterwards and here we have the big incident the healing at the pool on the sabbath mm. and then this and john's we've talked about this before john puts it all together for a reason it's like it's not random you know this is something happens yeah and this is jesus explaining as best he can um to those who are unlikely to listen and this crowd you know the passage we did before christmas you know they were they they were full-on wanting to persecute him they were they were after him they weren't yeah. you know friendlies <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> certainly, certainly not friendlies here. I, I just, I, I, I just find it a hard passage. Yeah. To, I think you know what there's, there's no pull out and put on your fridge verses. No, it's not one of those. In this it? passage, it's it's a quite a hard hitting, and you even you're reading this like hoping you're not who Jesus is speaking to because you really don't want to be on the other end of this. You yeah. want to be in Jesus's camp because it doesn't come across good for the, the people he's actually speaking to. And reading this feels like reading an email that's a rant <laughs> and you don't, you don't yeah. want to be on the other side of that rant because it's quite it's quite scary hearing Jesus talk in such authority mm. in this way, and almost out of um, he's lost patience. Yeah, there's there is that in here, people. isn't there? And and I th I think there's something in what John's trying to say, like in the Sabbath, I'm um, like a healing on the Sabbath, the healing at the pool. It was, you know, John's saying, you know, the fact that they didn't know it was Jesus. And then he went and told him again and said, no, go and tell them it's me. It's like yeah. just really trying to put the dagger in there, you know, to cause a scene. Yeah. And then he's caused this scene uh, and then he's using it as a way of just boiling over the, the frustrations. And we, I don't think we like to see Jesus as that, uh, as the guy that's um, having a go. But he kind of, in the temple, he was having a go. I mean, that's not a pleasant, that's mm. everyone's livelihood and that's a, that's a really upsetting scene yeah, for people sure. to see, okay, the temple's gone wrong, but he's coming in here and he's, from their point of view, totally disrespecting it. And same here, he's coming to the, on the Sabbath and just disrespecting their rituals and their rules. And you know what, maybe that's why, because I feel um, both in your sermon and reading the passage before and after that, I feel a kind of, a, a real bodily reaction to the text. I yeah, feel... Okay. I'm unnerved in my body. I don't like this passage. I actually, 
I would express that. I, you know, you sh- yeah. it's hard to say that about scripture, but I don't like this passage. It mm. makes me uncomfortable. So why does it make me uncomfortable? Well, just as you're saying that, I'm thinking yeah, okay. it's because it puts across a Jesus who I'm not sure I'm comfortable with. Yeah. I am really comfortable with the Jesus who, um, who lets his, who lets children sit on his knee and who blesses them. Yeah, okay. I'm really comfortable with the Jesus who welcomes in sinners and women and the dirty and the unclean. Mm. What I'm not so comfortable with is hearing Jesus shout mm. and get angry. And, and um, really critical. I mean, this he's is so critical, you know, but just that you, know, you study the scriptures diligently and you think you have eternal life in them, but you don't realize you don't see. But I think if I'm trying to reconcile this in my head, although Jesus is speaking to people, I think he's speaking to an ideology, a way yeah. of life yeah. rather than into people themselves because i believe if any one of those people came to jesus on a personal level yes. he would see them in their heart he would he know he would know each one of them their name would be written on his hand and i i think what john is showing us here is how much jesus hates um well, the system, and, uh, isn't hates it? hates the system. Yeah, the, he hates... Riling against this, the system. This system that said God is something that God yeah. isn't. And I think we should also be angry about that. And I think often in church, we don't. We're actually quite, um, quite polite mm. and accepting and perhaps even loving of a system that goes directly against what Jesus was for. You know, we've... Yeah. Throughout church history... We've often found ourselves in bed with the wrong people. Yeah, it's not and, nice, is it? You know, would J- would Jesus be shouting at at us in our church? Would he be standing mm. in the front of our congregations, you know, really giving it to us, mm. not as individuals, but as those who have lost their way? And, and you can think of the big things. So you think of slavery and uh, issues around women, but you also think about some theologies that yeah. really bind people up. Uh, in guilt and uh, and don't allow the freedom of Christ and the grace of Christ to come through. And they're yeah. probably just as um, damaging in some ways, you know, to our understanding of who we are as humans and the value that we have for ourselves. And you know, there's you know, I I speak about this often, and people will get sick of hearing me speak about this. But for me, this is strongly in the LGBTQ plus mm. uh, situation of how we as a church continue to turn ourselves against people mm. who and um, we are unwelcoming to an entire group of people um who uh, i just don't understand why we can't welcome mm. all people into our church and yet we're not we're mm. specifically being very narrow-minded in our understanding of faith and uh, in our understanding of a certain gr- number of very small number of scriptures and yeah. so you know so for me mm-hmm. you know i would say jesus would be angry about anything that turns people away from him mm. um so we just see a different we, jesus yeah here. we do and the, i guess in in our in our culture and so we kind of we pigeonhole things and i think we still do that we kind of you know just label stuff and uh, and have stuff and then it's quite easy then to 
pick which ones you accept and which ones you kind of reject and mm. you know whether that's which ones we welcome and which ones we um we distance ourselves from or actively don't you know engage with mm. um and we kind of and that's probably you know i suspect happening in this time as well there's you know obviously who was in who was out who was acceptable and who wasn't yeah. and ultimately jesus was not acceptable um what he did wasn't okay from their point of view mm. um and there was a clear reaction then, you know, from Jesus and from those in authority. Because I think it's the system that he's fighting. It's it's not necessarily the individuals, you know, mm. just like it's Nicodemus, which we'll hear a little bit about later in the gospel. You know, there's some transformation there because but we think possibly he was one of this group as well. But yeah. he was sent earlier and, you know, or was he? We don't, no one really knows. But yeah, he's someone who's, who does change a bit mm. um but ultimately he can only change when he removes himself from the system uh, and comes alongside jesus the the whole thing was broken and that's um that's the point jesus is trying to make and i love the fact that it comes down to and i don't think we should get tired as christians saying that the core of all this comes down to do you have the love of god in your heart yeah. And that's what he he looked at these guys, uh, and probably powerful, imposing, yeah. you know, structures and systems, and you know they you know they they talked about persecuting him, and they could you know this yeah. was not a toothless group of people. This was big guys yeah. uh, with big institutions behind them. Said, look, you don't love God, and that's you know pretty damning verdict uh, on the system, and you know I suspect on the individuals yeah. there at the time, you know that you love this law and the whole bit about Moses I didn't really go into this morning but it's mm. you know can Moses connected to the law because that's where the law you know God but you're so obsessed with the law and you're know, appeasing Moses that you're missing what God's doing now and love ultimately if we're as a church and as Christians if we're not screaming about love yeah and um, then if we're not tired you know tirelessly talking about it yeah. um then we're missing the whole point and I don't think we're tirelessly talking about love. I think we spend a lot of time in church communities talking about a whole lot of other stuff yeah. than love. And you know, I've I've walked out of um I walked out of St Paul's Cathedral once attending a service because I was horrified at the amount of of pomp mm. was given to evening prayers that I was really just treat as, as just a um somebody in the audience a tourist a tourist rather than that mm. we were all fellow prayers and here people walk in in their um gold brocade and it, to me it's just what on earth does this have to do with the love mm. of jesus it seemed so much like um that we still have mm. we have so much of that pharisee in our and culture it is, today. and it is that pharisaic understanding because it's why they got cross with Jesus, and I love that. I uh, remembering back the story of the healing of the um, man at the pool, and it was the fact that he was carrying his mat. Yeah. You know, this is a guy that, you know, he he lived on his mat, he slept on his mat. You know, if he'd been carried on his mat, he would have been all right, but it wasn't. He was carrying it, uh, and it was such a, a preposterous. Yeah. If you think of the stage show of that, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, you've missed the whole point. This guy is walking. And all you can think about is that he's working on the Sabbath because your crazy rules dictate yeah. that if you move your mat, you're working. If you're carried on your mat because you can't walk, then you're not. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's just, it, it's so preposterous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this 
how can you not see you know if you're talking about wanting to represent god and the pharisees did want to represent god they wanted to be in close communion with god these weren't people who were actively working against god they were trying to their best um you suspect but they've just totally missed it yeah i mean it's it's astounding it's comical you know in its um, portrayal of of what they were obsessed about and we can think that today you know there's similar similar ways that we can be very legalistic about stuff but it's so i have expressed as times that i feel i've seen that i've I've been aware of that in other people. I mean, the really frightening thought is, I don't know. You. Well, how, what, in what ways am I not aware of it in myself? In what ways am I the Pharisee? Well, give me a couple of minutes and I could um, probably. That's that's mean. (laughs) And we're not going to go into that at all now. Um, (laughs) You know, but other people probably see that in me. I probably don't see that in me. And so that. Well, for a start, it needs to make me really gracious mm. towards what I see in other people because we're we're definitely in the territory of and love of, and of grace being the forefront of all of it. And I think yes, I and, think that's and ultimately what it comes if, down to you know if we are you know out to catch people out or to, to then then we miss the point. Uh, if we act in a certain way, um, but it's out of a, a love for that person, uh, then that's very different to acting out of legalism, isn't it? And that's what I want our church to be known mm. for. I, I I really actively want to think in 2022, how are we as a church being experienced by the local community? Yeah. How are we as a church being experienced by each other? Yeah. Do we experience love in each other? Do we experience the love of Jesus when we get together on a Sunday morning or when we happen to see each other in the co-op, bump into each other in the street, are we really experiencing love? Because that's what Jesus was about in every passage, whether he's ranting or he's holding somebody, he's, he's shouting for love to be brought about into this world. And I, I am still, fearful that we really haven't got that Mm. message that i haven't got enough Mm. that message that it is all about love and i think yeah no it's a a, an interesting one isn't it because we get het up on all sorts of stuff you know the kind of the rules and the constitutions and all the things that kind of bind us our structures our theologies all those things Mm. take over um and and we miss something of this rawness to what jesus was doing and Mm. how john was recording it um and in some ways it's quite it's you know jesus is saw the system and he's picking holes in the system uh, and the system's corrupt and rotten and he's kind of saying that and then the early church come along and they try and create their own system and they just you know they get some things right but they get some things wrong as well so it's not that jesus came in the church the early church was around and suddenly it was perfect because it wasn't it was still a you know a poor reflection uh, of some of what jesus was and that's why thank god we have the scriptures because that means each generation can return to jesus's words each generation has that opportunity to be looking at the gospels looking at the words of scripture and saying what is jesus saying to me Mm. today and what how is he convicting me to live today and I'm quite excited about next week. Um, 
where Jesus feeds um, the 5,000. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking um, a little bit about just... So there's a couple of things. So I haven't started writing my sermon, but there's a few things that are really focus on me is the importance of food in that culture mm. you know and the importance that jesus fed everyone everyone yeah. was at the picnic table you know no one was let go everyone had food and just the significance of that you know the hospitality the the open borders to that meal yeah. together to being around jesus and there's something in their imagery yeah. that i don't think i've always connected with um because food's important uh, and the number seems important yeah. um, and how then um, do we as a, a church community express that everyone's welcome yeah uh, everyone's included at the table and everyone's loved because food fellowship giving yeah. food to each other that was a you know, highly prized thing you know yeah. and the fact that everyone was satisfied and this isn't the only thing you have the water turning into wine it's another yeah. you know grand expression of a fellowship of of kind of loving each other and you know what it, we've we've turned things like communion into a very kind of um sacramental system but it's another food option you know yeah. food kind of opportunity and um, not during covid because everyone has to have their own plastic pots absolutely <laughs> and sharing actually you know sharing yeah. at the minute is problematic yeah it's really hard isn't it and, but the whole you know the ex- how do we do grand gestures how do we really get out there and be generous and loving just loving mm. how do we love how do we you know I, I remember um there was an american mission team at our church in brighton and their their, their favorite phrase was we just want to love on y'all <laughs> we just want to bring bring the love we want to love on you all and you know for the conservative a British person were like, please don't love on us. I <laughs> would know really what you mean. <laughs> rather you didn't. It doesn't sound like something I would like at all. Um, but, you know, we've since joked a lot about, you know, mm. just want to love on you. Um, and there's something that actually mm. I would like, I would like to love on, on Shelford. Mm. I would like to, the people of, of Shelford mm. and beyond. Wherever we find ourselves, whatever community Wherever community in. we find yeah. ourselves on, or, or, they know that they've been loved on mm. by by the, the people of that church. And how do we push the boundaries further? Because Jesus seemed to do this. You sort of got the temple Nicodemus and then the Samaritan on the defense and then the Samaritan mm. woman. And here we have the Sabbath. Um, Jesus said, um, yeah, so it was healing of the official son and the Sabbath. Yeah. And then this um, kind of defense and then the feeding of the 5,000. So these mm. stories do seem to repeat themselves uh, a little bit. And Jesus is kind of saying, doing something um, provocative, yeah. causing an issue, explaining the issue, and then pushing the boundaries further. You know, it was for the Samaritans as well as for the Jews and the Gentiles, ultimately. Um, it was for everyone in the feeding of the 5,000. You mm. know, all were filled and satisfied and there was an abundance to it um, as well. And I have to admit, I've you know, we went through Mark a few years ago. Um, I can't remember being quite as enthusiastic about it as I have been going through yeah. John. I mean, I think there's a just a warmth and an honesty that I see in John's record. I also feel that John really stirs up my emotions and and actually raises my heckles yeah, okay. more than any of the other Gospels. There mm. are things throughout John that that give me that prickly feeling that, yeah. oh, 
don't know if I like this Jesus. And I think that's that's really great. Yeah. When I, you know, that John's gospel as a teenager, as a child, was the gospel I liked the least. I found it mm, much more inaccessible than um, than the others. And now I'm seeing it as kind mm. of more of a treasure trove. Like, mm. wow, we're really diving in here. Well, the other, I wanted to mention the book that we're going to read. Are you going to read this as well? Yeah, I'm going to read this. You are. So um, as a church from next Sunday, and me and Bismarck will introduce it, Dallas Willard. Have you ever read a Dallas Willard? I haven't. I've heard you mention him often, but I've never actually dived in. Me and Neil have um, read a couple of the books. So the idea is that from, um, well, next Sunday, we'll introduce it um, and go through this book. And it's called The Renovation of the Heart. That was the original Dallas Dallas Mm. Willard book. And this is kind of daily practice. And it's quite an interesting, um, and I don't know about you, um, well, I, I know about you, uh, about, <laughs> I uh, hope so. uh, about me, <laughs> I'm pretty rubbish, um, discipline and seeing things through. Okay, is, yes, you're right. I also lack discipline. <laughs> you do know about me. I do so lack So we're both discipline. quite similar in some ways. Um, so this is going to be a bit of a challenge for us. Uh, and I, I hope... The fact that we'll meet on Sunday evenings with the rest of the church or those doing it will be a motivation to kind of and take it through. Just to and just say, I hate the front cover. Yeah, you don't I like hate it, do the cover of the book. I think it looks like it was from the past. Yeah, and I yet think I understand that he's he's quite um, he's much more modern and kind he's of not from the past. With it, no. he's actually got you know kind of some and it's quite provocative it's quite challenging and then what i kind of the cover does look let's not focus on so let's kind of anybody feels put off (laughs) by the cover don't be put off because i think this guy you know sounds really cool i think one of the things that i kind of liked about it was this kind of idea of a reflection and then there's an experiment every day Okay. Sounds like homeschooling. Oh. <laughs> See, here's my prickly feeling again. It's like, oh, no. I don't no give want it a go. To do They're that. quite nice Just things. They're reflective things. They're um, things to put into practice, find opportunities during the day, reading, sitting, pondering. Uh, you, so these, you say these are nice things, but actually, uh, time by yourself, quietness, <laughs> solitude. Not great for you, they're, is it? Um, they're for many people prickly issues. But there's an opportunity for us to challenge ourselves yeah um to give it a go and you know if you're thinking that you're going maybe that you should do this then maybe you should actually do this you know Mm. because the more people that do this as a community you know i really think we need to be working together as a community so Mm. don't just think oh yeah maybe i should do that maybe you actually should yeah do it whether you want to read it and come on sunday evening zoom thing or whether you just want to read it and find someone to read it with because the whole one of the elements of this passage is that we need to be open to change yeah and how do we change as an individual we learn and we grow and we you know, reflect on what others have said and whatever's others write in a good, you know, and we respond in, you know, lots of different ways, yeah. but it's about not as conform, not constantly just stuck in our own circle of confirmation, you know, and doing what we've always done. And doing done. that as an individual is a really powerful thing, yeah. but doing that as a community, mm. that's, that's a really, really powerful yeah. thing. So hopefully there's more copies out there on we got ours early, but there weren't many on Amazon. So and if people to need to share copies, yeah. you know, we can do that. We can share our copy. We, you know, somebody can have it on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We kind of need to do it every day. Oh, you've got to do it every day. Oh, you didn't. Re- <laughs> you didn't I thought that. it was every week. 
But every week we meet back together, but there's a daily okay. practice. Well, it's kind of so called we've upped the practice. ante and still, I'm saying. <laughs> still, you're going to do it. Well, um, it's been a different end to our Sunday night. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, and no one's disturbed us. We normally do this when everyone's out. Yeah. Um, no one's coming. And we're going to leave it there. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, God bless you this week, wherever you find yourself. Take and I pray care. that you might know something of God's heart uh, in your life. Amen. Bye-bye.